It's the Paul Patterson and Tom Scallon podcast show. They're talking the walk and not about sloppy, sloppy Joes. So, talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk. Talking walk, talk, talking walk show. Welcome back to Talking the Walk, episode 71. Fansville. I am Paul Patterson. And I'm the long lost, forgotten Tom Scallon. <laughs> well, you're back. And and again, because of the, the music that played, everybody knows that you are back. Although um, when we interviewed Meat, it, it was it was just me and him. So when we played your music, everybody probably thought it was you on helping to interview Meat, and, and it was just me and him. So well, we're listens up or, we're listens up or down because if they if they like Lee, they might, you know, shut it off if they hear that. It, I wish I could tell you that I knew what got listens up or down. And, and we did a little analyzing before, you know, was it because we had a guest? Was it? And I think it's all about availability and not of the podcast, but of people. Like, are they driving in the car? Do they have a do they have a long road trip like Kara Greenlee going to Wayne where she can catch up? Does Jake Brown have a trip to Solon and back? where he can catch up. Um, I, I think it's all about availability. And right now, I would tell you that people are not as available as they were when it was warmer out. That's what I would tell uh, you. I think once we once we uh, put the R rating on after we've retired and do this podcast, our listens are gonna go way up. Well, sure, sure. We might become national because we're, we have, we have thrown the E on there and, and no holds are barred. Oh, I'm so, sorry, the, the E. Yeah. Um, Bailey Bishop, artwork, Dick Brown, music, kind of stand on social media, Jill Martin, fact checker, and then Jeff Gravy with marketing. Um, watch update, I got to get 50 minutes a day. That's what my goal is. I got the X number of minutes that I have to get total. And I'm actually going to see if I can maybe get, get January done. Because as I shared with everybody last time, I'm, I'm over the last three. Um, October, November, and December, I did not get my watch met. I have just been, as I have shared, a lazy pile. And, and it's not great right now, but um, it's better than what it was. So far, Cole Hopkins, if you're listening, 9,134 listens as of tonight. So um, you know, that, that 10,000 mark or 100 episodes was, was your threshold for the t-shirt deal with you and Gravy working together. And so just wanted to make sure that you were up on that. Katie's Theater. Okay, remember, because it's been a while. Can I say, can I, say yeah. I haven't missed this part at all? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So Katie Theater. Although she stops into our office and <laughs> still discusses with me. Remember, it is me reading her review and then you guessing what she what she had um, as a rating. Okay. The change up. Criswell recommended this movie. Good movie with funny parts. Don't watch with kids. Makes you thankful for the life you were given. What do you got? This is with Clint Eastwood, you said, right? Say that again. Yeah. No. This is with Clint. The, Which one the is change this? up? This is, this is, uh, um, golly. Isn't Clint Eastwood the change up where he finds the, the That's player? trouble with the curve. And oh, okay. The, the change up is um, who's on Smartless? Kevin Bateman or Kevin Bateman? Kevin, uh, Justin Bateman and. Um, Guy from Will and Grace. No, 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 no. I'm talking the movie. So it's Bateman and why can I not? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, and they change, they, they pee in the fountain because they have to go they so switch, bad. They switch wives. Yeah, and they switch lives. One has a wife and. and twins and the other one does not have a wife so <laughs> so what did she say to this i'm thinking she's going to give this a 3.5 okay I, that's not bad it's 4.5 okay. now that we just brutally butchered that that movie um ryan reynolds right yes the other yes. one that's in it so and then um who is the uh she's the actor from this is 40. Um, she's yes. also in The Other Woman. 
Red he is hair. married to the to the director and the writer. I can't think of what his name is. Maybe you Boy, should this is awful. Maybe you should look this up before we do the podcast. We are on an awful tear right now. I what thought is, you know what the change up was. Since I've been gone. Okay. Well, you look that up while I'm talking. So here's the other one. The other woman. Great cast, funny movie, especially when they are sabotaging the husband. Hate that there is a cheating husband, but the ladies are great. What'd you give that? Uh, it sounds kind of dumb, so I bet a four. Four point five. Uh, that's really funny, actually. I enjoyed that. So those are the two. That was that was the two that she had. So are you ready for the the, the question? Yes. So here's my question: Are you for an oil change, are you an appointment? Are you going to a dealership? Are you going to a quick lube? Are you waiting for um, the oil life? You know, the, the percentage on, your, on your, your car? Or are you going time, like however many months? Are you going miles? Talk to me about your oil change procedures. Well, that's recently changed because Mr. Ooh. Morrissey next door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah owned Ron's auto, he would always drive my car in. So we, uh, we'd go 6,000 miles because he said you only drive to school and back. So Leslie Mann, yeah. Jason Leslie Bateman, Mann. Ryan Reynolds, um, that, that's who's in it, Olivia Wilde. So, sorry. Um, so he kind of set the tone of when he wanted it. He, he said, 6,000 miles because you just drive to school and back. You're not really doing a lot of, a lot of miles. Now, recently I've, I've taken it to OnStats and uh, they put it back to 4,000 miles. So two parts, to, two answers to this. One, before it was 6,000 miles. I'm sticking with the 6,000 miles because the OnStats put four. I think that's just kind of their standard. Um, and then I'll just take it in there and we'll see what, see what they have to say. Do you pay any attention that your Jeep keeps track of the oil life, right? On your, yes. on your info. Do you pay any yeah. attention to that? Uh, um, right now I do because, you know, you switch mechanics and they said 4,000 miles. So I, I look at that every, I don't know, once a week just to see where it's at. And, and I have not done this. So don't think that I am like, well, this is what I do, but have you looked at the oil life and how many miles and, and what that, um, coincides with. So if you're at 10%, is that closer to 6,000 or is that closer to 4,000 miles? Oh, no, I've never looked at that. Okay. I've actually taken the dipstick, I've, I've taken the dipstick out and looked at it and I went, huh, I nice. don't know what that means. I like it. I think, you, I think you and I are a little similar, maybe not knowing anything about cars. Nothing. I'm paying somebody to take care of my car. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I can put gas in it. I can add air. That was the that was the worst part about uh, the auto bays going away. And I love the new CTE center, but in the old days, they just used to change the oil for us. So. Sure. Yeah. And sometimes, like Carter Holman, he'd do it himself down there in the bay. Um, <laughs> Man of many talents. Very much so. Very much so. So, for me, I am... I, I, we go to the, the Bob Brown quick lube on, on uh, Douglas. I think it's on Douglas. So that's where we go, typically. And why do you go, why do you go there? What made you? We, we, Bob Brown is where we got all of our vehicles from. And so we just continue to go back to Bob Brown. Now, three of our vehicles are from Bob Brown of Ankeny. One of our vehicles is from Bob Brown of, of Chevy, which is in Urbandale. But Bob Brown in Irvindale, the Chevy dealer, is the only one that has the quick loop. And it's not very okay. quick. It took me, it, it, it's two hours sometimes when you have to sit there and wait. That's what I wanted to know is how quick it is. Not I still would, with, with Morrissey, he took my car for the day. And with OnStats, it's pretty much. Do you have to make an appointment for OnStats? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So here is, here's my, my confessional. So listeners, love to hear about your uh, oil change habits. What do you got? Um, confessional. And this stems from last night. And we talked about this before we got on. I, I struggle with people who yell at the bench during games and, and understand that I got to be honest with you. I don't ever get yelled at. 
because I don't have anything that you can see when I'm sitting there doing the book. But the person running the, the clock and the person running the scoreboard oftentimes get yelled at. And that was the case last night. Um, just the, the DCG fans were upset and, and the one used a, a couple of inappropriate words towards the bench, couldn't figure out exactly who said it and, and couldn't dismiss them from the game, which is really what I wanted to get done. Um, but at the same time, I just, I struggle with that. Calm down. It's a high school basketball game and everybody sitting at that bench is a volunteer. So relax. Okay. Well, it's, it's ironic you say that because you know, you told me earlier someone was yelling and using my Dale Barnhill mentorship, you know, I, I'm not always watching the game. I'm watching crowds oftentimes sure. when things get, you know, because he, he used to hit me up like, you can't watch the game, Tom. You got to watch the crowd now, even if it's critical. And I, I heard somebody yelling, but I couldn't identify. Now that could be, you know, I'm getting older and I can't really hear <laughs> I couldn't pinpoint it either. I thought I knew who it was, but it was really hard for me to tell exactly who said it. And the only reason I, I thought it was the guy who I thought it was, is because when I turned around and was staring at the crowd, he was the only one that locked eyes with me and was staring right back at me. So I figured he was, he was the one that was like, yeah, I said it, what up? So, and at that point in time, fairly busy um, and, and didn't have time to address it any further than turn around and Staring. But you do you do wear a striped shirt? Can you turn around and tee him up? I think I I no I don't think so. Why not? You've got a striped shirt. I don't know the answer to that because I don't still don't know why I wear a striped shirt. <laughs> why? I think you should just try it sometime. Yeah. Technical. Well, last night's basketball officials probably would have let me give them a technical because <laughs> I don't think they would have known any better. <laughs> they would have appreciated you taking control. Um, Okay, I got a confessional. Yes, sir. I don't know how I feel about the rat. What? It, it, talk to us about that. You, you, first of all, you have to explain this. I don't know. Okay. So for the last four years, the student section has a, uh, a plastic life-sized rat. Probably not a New York rat, but a, a life-sized rat. It's a life-sized rat. Stick, and they yeah. bring it to games. And I have inquired with various people, what, what is going on with the rat? Because, you know, initially I thought it was some, you know, we're making fun of somebody. Um, now, after a time, I obviously realize that we're just doing this. And it's, it's got, I think it's got the years that the rat's been around. Even though the rat used to be brown, now it's white. So the rat's, you know, it's gone through some change. But I, I have no idea why the rat is brought. Sometimes and they have the to pass is, it down. Yeah. but Somebody I, new I, has to be bringing it. Yes. Marion Randall now brings the rat. And I'll talk to her about the rat. And I don't know if she can explain it or won't explain it. So my confessional is, I don't know how I feel about the rat. <laughs> would you, would you, well, I guess that doesn't matter. Because if, if you learned about the rat and it was awful, you'd be like, okay, we're done with the rat. But at the same time, if you learned about the rat and it was okay, then you'd be okay with it. So, I don't know. Well, I'd like to say if it was awful, but you had a really cool story about how some injustice has been done to Norwalk and it's a representation of that injustice by like the team to the East, <laughs> I'd say, well, we can keep the rat. Sure, sure. Now you might be right. You might be right on the decision, but anyway, it's one of the stranger things that our student body has done for the last few years. And I guess it's a tradition. Okay, good. I mean, and traditions typically are, are, you'd like to think that they're good. Okay, here we go. Um, so we're, we're on to feedback. Unless you had a second confessional. Side, con what? A second confessional. Oh, you said a side confessional. I was like, is this a new part? No. Um, no, I have, I, there, I really have nothing to confess. Well, you just did. And so we appreciate that very much so. Tyler Shamel, uh, first time we've heard from him. Um, in, a, in a little bit and haven't given feedback in a while. I haven't missed an episode, but usually forget to give feedback. So feedback on ZZ Top. Going off Cole's feedback, is it possible to get Sunday ball back up and running? And, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. I'm, I'm, anyway, I feel guilty listening to Katie's theater. This one's really good. He's, he's hopping in the confessional. 
because I also have not seen a salad 95% of the movies that have been reviewed. Um, he's just, he's just not a movie guy. Um, and he agrees with Lee wholeheartedly that he hates the cold and come October football, he is going to have a big coat, multiple layers on regardless of what, uh, we, we say the attire is, um, he is, and a receiver. he is a receiver. I told him, I said, Hey, you know, you could always, maybe we could make it Katie and Tyler's theater. And he said, "Nah, I'm not ready for that type of commitment. So he's still out on, even though he hasn't seen them, he's not going to watch them basically is what it boils down. So just so you know that that's an FYI, if you will. All I'm going to say about that is he's not going to fully understand you as a head coach. If he's not seen the appropriate movies. Most of the time, yeah. Or Seinfeld. If you haven't seen Seinfeld, that's also tough. Um, Peter Sand, podcast feedback. Enjoyed the episode. This type of discussion is ongoing in the AT profession, too. Side note, ZZ Top was about attire. Attire? Attire. Sharp-dressed man. So, yeah. Pete looked good last night. Okay, good. Good. Just like coaching, we have two camps of people. One, those that hold certain expectations of a professional attire. And two... Others who focus on comfort and functionality. I agree that basketball attire has become more casual coaches over the years. Back when we provided AT coverage at the Girls State Basketball Tournament, we always wore a suit and tie for the championship to match the coaches at that level of games. About five years ago is when we started noticing less and less coaches suiting up and instead opting for polo. In addition to a shift in what's socially acceptable, I also feel shift occurred due to the newer generation of coaches taking over programs and switching away from previous traditions of dressing up for games. I, I agree wholeheartedly with him on, on that. I think that's also um, very accurate, in my opinion. Um, Dennis Bura is, uh, is the next one. And so I got to find... Um, he, his feedback on ZZ Top was basically... As long as they are all wearing the same thing, I think it's fine. Shows unity, but still has to be appropriate. And then as coaches, um, we wear some really awesome polos, and then we are allowed to either wear shorts or dress pants, no doubt. And so that was what his thing was. And then he and I went back and forth just a little bit in that I was trying to figure out when he played at Nyack, what did they do back in the early 2000s? And he couldn't remember what they did as players, because um, I think that would be interesting to hear what kind of shift was there from early 2000s to now? And maybe there hasn't been, maybe they always have, you know, always wear the, uh, the, the sweatsuits, if you will. So is that, um, Brock Sweckle, early text, but got to get feedback in or I'll forget. I actually thought the outfit discussion is an interesting one. I, for one, as a player would get pretty fired up when people didn't follow the rules, never understood why you wouldn't wear your Jersey or why you wouldn't even think about wearing other or why you would even think about wearing other another school's clothing ever i used to get fired up when seeing people wear carlisle or pella stuff coaching wise i think you should wear whatever you want as long as it looks good and is team affiliated sort of like nfl they all wear different stuff but all of it is team gear and work wise covid made me completely change my mind if i can do my job in sweats at home i can do my job in jeans in the office thankfully where i am currently at agrees and i can wear jeans and a hoodie and they don't care but some places force you to dress up which i feel is pretty dumb nowadays Maybe in a customer-facing role, which is an interesting way of, of thinking about it. Maybe in a customer-facing role, you should have to wear company gear, but that's as far as I'd say you should go. And I agree with a lot of what most of Lee Nelson said. Um, he is a wise man. We'll try not to let that go oh, to his head. Lee is a wise man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So the next one is from Joe, also known as our fact checker. Attire, very similar to Lee. Jeans are no go, are a no no for basketball, in my opinion, high school and middle school. Dressed up as she dressed up as an assistant, but when she became head coach, she knew she wanted to do quarter zip and dress pants. I want to be comfortable, but still look professional while coaching. I do love matching, although I have given the choice to our assistants a few times throughout the year of wearing any combo they would like, but always ask on, but they always ask on the day before the game what we are wearing. Um, and, and one of the things that we didn't talk about last week was, you know, that's that's always our big topic at the beginning of the year. We have whatever color our polo is and then what color of shorts are we wearing with it or pants. And so that's always a, a, a fun topic 
and then ultimately the majority wins um, for the football coaches. And so that's that um, as far as feedback goes. And so now get into, into high school sports. And I got to be honest with you, the, the first two sports we're going to talk about, I don't know a whole lot about because I have not seen much um, published about them. And I have not seen uh, a whole lot of, of uh, updates. And that is swimming and bowling. I, I know that our swimmers got out of school early last week. One time, I think they had to go to Carroll, but I did not see any results from that. Uh, and then bowling, you know, the last update I gave you, I think we split Saturday. But beyond that, I don't know any updates when it comes to swimming and, and bowling. Um, wrestling, they, uh, they went to Iowa City West last week. They beat Pell at home um, in the varsity duel. And then Saturday, they went to uh, Iowa City West. They went two and one. And um, Jake said that they wrestled really tough and, and had a great showing uh, in their second and third duel. And, and then um, tomorrow, they go to Grinnell. And then on Saturday, they got a big one. Uh, they, they go to Ankeny. And it's an individual tournament and Ankeny is huge and they got a lot of really tough teams. Um, and we'll talk about it next week, but what the results were from Ankeny. But then at the same time, next Saturday for them is that big Urbandale tournament, which I think if, if they're, if you're a ranked team, you're probably there. And so that's a lot of really tough competition. And I think that's a great measuring stick for our wrestlers, uh, not only this Saturday, but next Saturday. So lots of good things for them coming up. Um, our girls were ranked in the top 15 um this last week and then of course you know, they had a tough game at Grinnell and then a tough game uh, against Dallas Center Grimes but I, I think they're still playing really good basketball right now and and uh, got another tough one on Friday against Indianola or tomorrow night um against Indianola um th this is kind of that three-game stretch where it's really tough conference-wise I don't think there's anybody better in our conference than Indianola DCG and Grinnell um so Get through this. We'll be back on track. Five, five ranked teams in the yeah. little. How many teams are in the little hockey now? Yeah, seven, right? No, eight, because Grinnell hasn't left yet uh, officially. So I'm sorry. That's, that's true. So, but still, you're over fifty percent that are ranked. Yeah, yeah, and and just it, really good basketball right now. And same thing with the boys. You know, the 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 boys had a had a rough start to the week last week, losing Monday and, and Tuesday, and then had a great game against Grinnell on Friday. Uh, come away with a win and then last night they go into four overtimes against Dallas Center Grimes and I think at one point in time Dallas Center Grimes was ranked number one um, and whether or not they're the number one team still a great they're a top 10 team and, and, and a great game out of our guys and then of course they've got another tough one on tomorrow night against Indianola and Indianola's a really good boys basketball team too so um, they've got a rough stretch too uh, doesn't no different than the than the girls so little Hawkeye conference really good basketball and I think both our boys and girls are, are playing well right now. Um, are, are by, by, the, by the way, that might be another time for another topic for discussion for a podcast is who should join our conference. Grinnell's oh, okay. You know, sometimes I like, who that. Should reach out to. I like that. I just thought of it there. So write her down. I'm writing. I'm writing. So moving on, um, we had our, our IHSAA advisory, football advisory committee meeting today and and it's interesting um from the standpoint that the ifca gets to have two representatives there we are non-voting members of the committee um but we get to we get to get in there and we get to give our opinions and we get to i talked a lot i don't know if you know that about me but i i there are times where i won't talk at all depending on what the topic is and, and where we're at and who the company is um but being being who i the position I hold and the group that I represent, I felt it was my duty to talk a lot. So I talked a lot. Um, some of the different topics that we, we talked about, you know, footballs, um, ejection rule. One of the, I, I thought that was really well received. Um, our recommendation is that we get to, we get to four quarters instead of, so if, if Tom Scallon gets ejected from a game and he gets ejected in the first quarter and Paul Patterson gets ejected from a game in the third quarter, Tom has to sit essentially two games where I only have to sit a game and a half. Or if I get ejected at the end of a fourth quarter, then I really have to sit one game. So can we make it four quarters? And then they got to the point where if we're going to do that for football. Then we have to do it for everybody else. Did you know, here's, here's something for you. Did you know that it's the contest? It's the date. So for instance, if you are a baseball player, you get ejected in the first inning of a varsity double header that Monday, you sit essentially 14 innings. Then 
your next available date, Tuesday, let's say that's a varsity doubleheader, you sit two more games. If you are a wrestler and you get ejected in a wrestling tournament, you miss however many matches the next available date. If it's also a tournament, you miss that many matches also. I did not know that. So Soccer, soccer's always had to deal with that. that the it, date, right? The, yeah, it's all dates and tournaments never count. So it, it just, it was interesting, but I think we, we've got the wheels turning up there that they're going to make it. So if it's soccer, you sit two halves. Yeah. Not a date, two halves. So, well, if you got kicked out, so remember when we had the Norwalk soccer tournament, we, we invited a lot of good teams and sure. inevitably we would play against Waukee. And at that time, that was a, a very big rivalry. Um, and so we had some people kicked out. If you kicked out of, a tournament, whether it was the first game or the second game, uh, you're, the rest of the games don't count. It's the date. You come back, you have to sit out another. Yep. And then you, in that time, you had to sit out the Mike Collins rule. So, so a, a third. So, if, if in this case, what we're proposing is to make things equal across the board, not fair, but equal that you would sit whatever it is that that contest calls for. So baseball, you would sit seven innings. So you get ejected in the third inning. You have to sit the rest of that game and you get to come in on the fourth inning in the next game, as opposed to one guy or one girl having to sit 21 innings or 28 innings and, and another one only having to sit seven, just trying to make things a little bit more equal. And I certainly could be naive. I, I, I'm sure that the association is like, well, how can we keep track of all this and how can we enforce this? And I, I truly believe that coaches would enforce the rule for them. Uh, I, I know some people may cheat, but I, I don't know. I don't know of any coach on our staff that would cheat. I'd love to say yes to that. That's what I would love to say. But, but I know that when we send out something, let's say a questionnaire about what football you use, uh, we don't get hundred percent participation in that. So I can't imagine that we'll get 100% participation and, and uh, agreement to, to this. However, my, my, I guess my point to this whole thing was they, their, their eyes open and their ears perked up and they started to ask really good questions about this rule. And I think that's something that they're going to explore. Um, but remember, there is no appeal process. You get ejected from a contest, you're out. There is, there, there is no, you can't go in there and say, uh, he made a mistake. No. You're sitting, regardless. So, I I, I think it's almost like you, it's almost like you passed a school bus, right? There's just that, that only God can save you. Then, yep. So, that was really good in my in my opinion. We talked about officials, and and one of the things that you know that we talked about, and this is obviously from the football side, is is what's the fee, and and it's only twenty dollars, but if I want to umpire baseball. I have to, I've got to buy all that equipment too. I got to buy my, I got to buy my pants. I got to buy my shirt. I got to buy my mask. I got to buy my hat. I got to buy my chest protector. I got to buy my, my shin guards, all of that stuff. I got to buy all that stuff. Same thing with football. I got to buy my shirt. I got to buy my pants. I got to buy my whistle. I got to buy my cold weather stuff, all of those things. And if you're a, a 22 year old college kid, that puts a strain on you. And so I, I think that we've got some some ideas in the works that, that maybe we can work with, with a bigger corporation and, and ask for um, some scholarships and things like that to help with people to, to get things going. And then one of the other things we talked about was if, if I'm young and I'm trying to get into football officiating, it's really hard for me to get into an already established crew. Basketball, three guys, usually two guys work together and then somebody's a floater rotates in and out baseball softball two people but football you've got your five and and you don't see very many substitutions going on in that so how can we be better at having a pool or, or having a place where people can see who's available and, and who wants to ref and things like that so it, overall our conversation today and I won't even get into the football side and the in the in the all sport contract that that they're entertaining but um, it was a great conversation, and we, we had a lot of different representatives from across the state at, at varying levels of enrollment, um, and it was really good to hear perspectives and, and what people had to say and think. And 
Do you think it's, do you think it's possible to, um, I don't know how you would do it. So let's say if I wanted to get into baseball officiating and I'm the, you know, behind the plate and I'm talking about something I know nothing of baseball, um, but I'm young and I need all that equipment that you just listed. Could the association say you do this many games and we'll reimburse you sure. or we'll give you, we'll give you X to get started. And if you do this many games or you do it a year, then we'll pay for the rest. I, Something like that. Yeah. I, I think they would be open to that because I, I'll be honest with you that in, in three meetings that I've had um, at the association here in the last four months, all three of them have centered around one of the topics has centered around referees and how do we get people into officiating? So Yes, I think that would be any anything that we can throw at them that are ideas and, and solutions to the problem. I think they're they're all ears. Um, it's a matter of how do you make that happen and how do you get it to work. And and that's where the corporate side and the um, and the donations and, and sponsorship or the scholarships, whatever you want to call it, come into play. But I mean, the, the pay is not bad. I I uh, so Quinn just got a job at Fairway. At, at, an institution here in Norwalk where all kids go work for a little bit. Right. And then Hugh, you know, so Quinn, for those that don't know, Quinn's 16, 10th grade, Hugh is fifth grade and 11. And now he's like, no, kind of interested in jobs. And I'm like, well, you know what? He loves to do football games, even in his head still. And he loves officiating. And I'm like, well, you know, Jake Patterson. Yeah. Jake Patterson makes some nice money as an official. Sure does. Especially soccer officiating. Yeah. And so tournaments in county. That's what I'm saying. So I'm I'm like, you can make pretty good money officiating. I just um I don't know if it's people don't want to go into officiating because they don't want to walk into atmospheres where if they have a bad game, everybody's on. Them. I think there's a lot of factors that are that are involved, and that's why NFHS. IHSAA are all over the recruitment and, and trying to help generate a newer generation of officials. And that's why, I mean, you can see that big push everywhere you go on social media, right? I mean, it's okay. constantly out there. So that, that has been, it's been a major part of our, our conversations when we get to the association. And, and I think. Um, I just don't get while that, while that push is going on, why, why don't people understand, Hey, we're losing these individuals that want to do it. And why can they not let up? Like you said, the person behind the bench. Uh, like you're going to make a difference in anything in the world. In that moment, they don't care. Them? That's what I think. In that moment, they don't care. They may care an hour later. Like, ah, uh, you know, I probably shouldn't have been so hard on them. But at that moment, they they don't care. It's, I don't know. It, it, it's a bigger problem than us being able to solve on talking the walk in, in five minutes of discussion. However, I don't know why we're here. In, in, but it's still worthy of our time. And, you know, one of the things, and I, I'll be honest with you, I approached Cole Hopkins about getting his cronies together and creating a football crew. I told him we, we would figure out a way. We'd give you every JV, every, every junior high game. And um, we, we could even think about some of our freshman games, you know, because the, one of the things that we talked about today we've got more and more central Iowa crews that don't want to do a, a curtain raiser on Friday night. So can we give our hometown crew um, the job along with JV and along with our middle school to help boost the money? Because if you only do four freshman football games, you're not going to make very much money. But if you do all the freshman football games, you do all the JV football games, you do all the home middle school games, which is once a week for six weeks, you got an opportunity to make some money. And can we get them going? And, I don't know. Now, now I put you, now I put you on the spot, Cole, um, saying that, but, but I think, I think his crew would be, they love high school football. It would be early enough on Friday night that after they're done at, at four 45 and, and they're done at six o'clock, they could go do whatever it is that they do on Friday night. Um, and they would make decent money going three nights a week, potentially. So anyway, enough about that meeting. It was really good. Felt like, they listened to us. Um, and as I told you, I, I talked a lot. So that's shocking. shocking. Um, our non-sponsor, Dr. Pepper. How can it not be Dr. Pepper? 
because it's Fansville. I mean, that's the name of the episode. So number one, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Pepper is the oldest soft drink um, company in America. Hmm. Almost 100% positive on that. Okay. Number two. Are you saying company or soft drink? I think I think company and, and the soft drink. I think they are the oldest. Why Fansville? So this is number two. Why Fansville? Well, if you remember the, well, in some of you who don't watch commercials, Jake Brown, there's a commercial, Fansville, in which the, the kid is like, don't go into the portal. And he jumps into the portal. And then the next kid comes out and he's like, hey, you guys need a punter? And they're like, no. And he's like, I got Dr. Pepper. Welcome to state. So he jumps through the portal. They don't need a punter, but he bring, brings Dr. Pepper. So he fits in with Fansville. So it's the portal. We're going to talk about transfer portal um, a little bit here on this Fansville episode in the Papa Burger section. What is the transfer portal? And I, I, I don't know the best definition of it, but basically the transfer portal is anybody that wants to get out of their current school for whatever situation and reason they have. Could be that they're a graduate and they're looking to, to move on, or could be that they're not gonna get playing time, could be that uh, somebody at home is sick and they wanna get closer to the home. I mean, there, there, there could be a million reasons as to why. Bottom line is they wanna leave the current school that they're at. They put their name in the transfer portal. And now that goes to everybody that has access to the transfer portal. And I do believe everybody has access to the transfer portal. And you can see, and then your recruiting process basically starts all over again. Accurate, inaccurate, or add, add subtract. No, I, I, that's how I understand it. Put your name in and uh, there's people monitoring those windows and they start reaching out to you. Um, why is it a big deal all of a sudden? How about we answer uh, that question? I think it was a big deal from the get-go. If anybody really watched it, I just think it's now grown where, where more athletes are starting to say, you know, I... I'm ready to move. You have to understand, I think there's like 900 kids in the portal, but they only talk about 30 or 40. We're, we're going to get to that. There, okay. That percentage is really tiny. However, I, I think that the reason why it's so big right now is because back in the day when the transfer portal was, was first introduced was graduate students only. The only people that got to transfer were those that had already graduated Therefore, you could go for your fifth or sixth year of eligibility with no penalty and no time to sit. Agree. I, I think this now, is a response. I think it's response to into legislation. Yeah. I think it's um, NCAA lost a lot, lost a lawsuit, and it may not be directly related to the portal, but I feel like the portal is a response to you can go where do you want to go. We're not limiting you. We're not stopping you. We're not. Yeah. Because that's that's if it's an antitrust lawsuit, which I think it was, I'm not saying that's what it was, but I thought it was around that. Now you're you can't an antitrust, you can't limit people and do this and that. This is this is what's going on. They're they're allowing people, you can go anywhere you want to go, you can do it whenever you want to do. And no days to sit, no, no year to sit. And yeah. and I think that's that's significant. Now, the other thing to remember is back in the day, and this was really big in basketball, if you remember this, in Big Ten, Bo Ryan was in the center of this often, is when you wanted to transfer from one Big Ten school to another, the one Big Ten school that you're leaving could say, nope, not eligible, so they'd have to sit. If they did say they were eligible, then they got to play right away. And, and that also created a little bit of a, a spotlight uh, and a little bit of a storm when it came to the transfer portal. Now, it's essentially- I'm sure, people, I'm sure people won't like that. I'm sure people won't like this take. I, I believe an institution should be able to say, here, you can't be in our conference. You know, I, as far I, as the kid? So if you, if you wanted to leave Norwalk and go to DCG, if we were Division I schools, you would say Norwalk has the right to say that you can't go to DCG. Okay. Yep. Now, you know, Iowa lost Tyrone Tracy. And for everything that you hear on social media and everything else that he's a exemplary student person whatever and he went to purdue 
I think Iowa could still sit there and say, it just didn't work. We've played our freshmen more. We want you to do, because you were, you were great here. Go be great somewhere else if this isn't your place. And you could, you could get out of the way. And he could go to Purdue then. But I, I kind of, I don't know. There's a whole lot of stuff we could talk about. This is one of them. <laughs> I think, should there be some limits to the portal? I mean, I, um, I like the idea that the athletes can transfer because a coach can leave at any time. So if a coach can leave, why can't an athlete leave? And why do they have to sit out? I don't understand that. Um, but I do believe there should be some things like, okay, Iowa State, Aishim Young, number one, terrific safety. I have no idea why he's leaving. He's been like tops in the Big 12. He's been all Big 12. He's been this. He's He's got to go pro. Well, he left for, I think, an SEC school. I think if Iowa State wanted to, they could have said, you can leave, but you can't leave for the Big 12. Sure. I shouldn't say you can leave. He gets to choose to leave, but they can say, but not to the Big 12. The uh, uh, Because there's no reason for him to leave. The, the one, well, un, unless there's like a family situation or, or something that takes him closer to home. And I don't know any of the, I, any Agreed. of the, whatever. And that could be, but uh, he's from Philadelphia, so it's not. Okay. That doesn't mean, but the, the one thing for me that I would say should be at least looked at, I don't know if it should, anything should be done with it, but, but how many times have you entered the transfer portal? If, you, if you're now on your fifth time of being in the transfer portal, should there be a limit on how many times you can jump ship um, and go? So if we're hiring a new at-risk teacher and they've been at a new place every year for the last five years, what are you saying to me when we decide to hire? I'm struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, think, but, I, I think coaches would struggle. Although, you know, we're, well, if you see that talent, sometimes your eyes get big and say, what could I do with this? But there's obviously a reason it's not working. Not only that, but but what about your credits? Are they all going to transfer? Where are you? Where are your credits coming from? What are you actually in school? I mean, I, I get your eligibility, but but school wise, you know, I I don't know. There's just a lot of things in there. The the more times you enter and the more times you switch from school to school to school to school academically, there has to be some issue there. So which which question are we on? Because okay, I also wanted to throw out. Remember what I emailed you? Are we talking about that at all? Yeah, yeah, that's that's in two okay. two questions. So coaches, okay. you you've touched upon this. Is it okay for coaches? Why is it okay for coaches? Even even back when it wasn't okay for the kids, it was still okay for coaches to go to the bigger, better contract. Yeah, I just think we the pendulum swung. We you and I have talked about that before. That the coaches could always go, kids can never, and they were restricted, and you, we yep. wouldn't. You know, that uh, for the Hawkeyes, Drew Ott or Ott, whatever his name was, he, he had a chance to play in the NFL, messed up his elbow. It didn't work out. He was terrific. They wouldn't give him a six-year of eligibility, the NCAA. In the current climate, he'd probably get two more years of eligibility. I mean, right. Well, he would have got one for COVID anyway. Right. So I, um, I think we were really restrictive, and now I think we've swung with the portal and so now we're wide open and i think in a little bit things will come back down and say we we have to have a little bit you can choose to leave but there there could be some different consequences maybe minor ones but and and are we ever gonna we're off topic here just a little bit are we ever going to see consequences for coaches not fulfilling their contract no never no okay and other, other than getting fired. If I get fired, I get paid. Well, not if you have a, it's a moral turpitude clause. Sure, but okay, so we didn't win. I'm at Mississippi State. We didn't win. You fire me. I got three years left. <laughs> Vacation time. Here I come. Yep. So. So I'm waiting for you to sign the big deal somewhere so I can so ride Chris, your coattails. She keeps, and, she keeps saying the same thing. There's zero chance that happens. So does name image and likeness impact it impact the 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 transfer portal and does you going into the transfer portal impact your name image and likeness so it, it, the two-way street there 
Does that make sense? So, so vice does versa. NIL impact you going in? And if you go in, does are you in are you more popular in NIL? Or less popular. Um I, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm thinking about that. I'm not too worried about the popularity of when you enter NIL this, I don't, I think those are, I think those are going to become different issues in the next two to three years. So I go to, I'm, I seem young. I'm really good in the big 12. You're and that's, <laughs> I have no idea why he's transferring. I, he, okay. he, he, He's going to the NFL. I mean, uh, maybe he wants to win a, a championship. I don't know what school he went to. Maybe you should look that up on the phone. But so anyway, um, no, let's go, let's go all the way back to like Bob Sanders. So Bob Sanders was a great Iowa safety. And if he had NIL, he could have made a shirt that was like, I knocked people out and everybody would have bought it. The hit squad. Hits anything. Everybody in the yeah. state of Iowa would have bought it. And they would have just like Tory Taylor's his punting thing, punting is winning, and everybody buys that. You get popular someplace and you buy it. So, what could happen is you play for smaller Iowa and or Iowa State, but yet if I go to Alabama or like uh, the Caleb Williams, um, I think Eastern Michigan alumni the one of the quarterback that played in the nfl from eastern michigan said i'd give you a million dollars if you go transfer to to eastern michigan and that's legal under nil tough to turn that down too well because you don't know you don't know if you're going to make you know there's only there's 56 no sorry 64 pro football quarterback jobs a million dollars i so I don't know if it's the NIL, uh, the, the way you phrased it, you know, that you're popular, not popular, that you're known, not known. Does it change? I think it's, if I do really well and I go to a bigger school, could I make more money? And I think that's sure. going to be the scary part. And I think Nick Saban said it the best when he's like, well, this is really going to change football and I don't know what to do. And he's talking about, he has no clue. He's going to weaponize NIL and instead of, instead of 50 five-star recruits, he's not going to get a hundred five-star. Recruits. So the, they're all the, going to make money. The, the question becomes, do you want to be a, do you want to be a big fish in an Iowa pond or do you want to be a, an average size fish in a, um, in Alabama pond. Yeah. And, and okay. I don't from, and I'm talking straight NIL. That's what I'm talking right there. Obviously. I would, I was thinking probably you could come here and, 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 uh, <clears throat> Wisconsin maybe, but I think the more, remember, that's the only one in the state division one wise. Right. So but what I'm saying, Iowa, Iowa state doesn't have any pro sports. Okay. They have, okay. They have second level. I got so you. we, you know, we fall in love with our Hawkeyes. We fall in love with our Cyclones. We fall in love with, you know, we like our Panthers. Um, but Wisconsin, you still have Green Bay staring at you, right? Yep. I mean, and some of it, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. Some of the people from Wisconsin might like Chicago. So they, you know, they do too far away. So I, that, that's what I think the difference is, is you'd have to find a, you could go to Utah and if you're the greatest player out there in Utah, they may pay you money to go advertise for everything in Utah. And you just, it's just, it's going to be strange. And at the I end of the, the day, big... I want to see numbers for NIL. Who has made the most money in college with their NIL? That's what I want to see. That's, that's one of the things. Um, you have crazy, you have, you have like, Somebody saying for, was it Texas or Georgia? No, Texas. That if you come to Texas as an offensive lineman, we'll help, we'll help you get whatever. And you'll get $50,000 as an offensive lineman or something. It just, I would like to, like to see it. Yeah. I'd, yes. I'd like to see if it all 
pans out. And Tyler Lindebaum, <clears throat> average offensive or average defensive lineman from Solon, Iowa, that that walked on at um, at the University of Iowa. And, Overrated, by and, the way, and ended up being the best interior lineman in the in the whole country. Anyway, long story short, he made enough money on his NIL to give money back to the to the children's hospital. So obviously, he's making money. And and whether he he is I don't know how much he's kept or whatever, but he that was a sizable check for a college kid to get back to the children's hospital. It's thirty thousand, right? Wasn't it a thirty thousand dollar check? Who's tracking this? Who's, well, they have to. They this? would have to give up the the numbers, and I don't know. But that has me curious. Is is D three D two FCS impacted the same way as D one when it comes to the transfer pool? Um, I don't know about the other D2 and, you know, I, I don't think so. No, I think that, um, impacts. Yes. I can go where I want to go. So athlete wise, it leaves me wide open and, and that's good for them. As far as the, if you attach it to NIL, no. So, so it's good. The, the one thing that I think is different is that are there more FCS schools paying attention to the transfer portal of those D1 players that are unhappy saying, hey, come to us and you're going to be an instant star? Well, if, I, if I'm you and I, I'm watching the portal all the time because they, they take Nebraska, they take Iowa, they take Iowa State, guys that don't make it or Minnesota, something happened. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Missouri. <laughs> They pull them in and those, and you and I, so I'm sure you and I scours that. So I think it's, it's good for the, those athletes. Okay. Um, um, so what impact has the, the recent spotlight on the portal had on high school? Well, I don't know if you want me to answer this. Well, I didn't ask you because I didn't want you to answer. <laughs> um, I, I truly feel like uh, kids see a lot of people, college kids that are successful transferring, and they may look at other places and say, "If I if if I'm going here, I'll have more success, or I'll be noticed more, or I'll be." And I feel like in high school, if you if you can play at a certain level, they'll find you. And obviously everybody misses and we love the misses and, and we highlight the misses. And at the university of Iowa, we highlight them all the time, you know, because we, they, you know, the walk on that didn't get recruited suddenly is doing great. Um, and I think the pros are the same way though. They, they will find you. And yes, they miss every now and then and this or that, but in general, they're pretty good at what they do. And in general, Division one's pretty good at what they do and they find kids. And I would, so I, my two cents on that would be everything that happens. And, and I'm, I, and I'm, I can only speak to football because that's the one that, that I know there's always a trickle down, whatever, whatever is going on in, in the NFL trickles into college football and whatever is happening in college football trickles down to high school. And I, I'm not saying that, that, Coaches are making millions of dollars in high school and they've got all kinds of deals. And all. what I'm saying is, is that a lot of the practices that are going on in college trickle down into high school. One of which is that looking for a bigger, better deal someplace else and, and putting your name into transferring someplace else. It, it, it's happening. And um, I, I don't think that football is the only one that that happens with and, and, you know, central Iowa, you get to see, see that a lot. Uh, I think wrestling is impacted by that significantly. Um, we, we just saw basketball, right? A young man transferred from Newton, went to Pella and they won a state championship last year. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we had, we had a young man transfer from Valley Spoke, go to Dowling and win a state championship. And um, it, it's, it's happening. The one thing that, that I would say that, that is a little different than the college ranks when it comes to high school is because of huddle, 
there are not very many kids in the state of Iowa that are overlooked. Um, and it doesn't make any difference where you're at. You put your, you put your, your highlight film and your, your film out on huddle and people are going to see it. And it doesn't make any difference if you're at an eight man school or you're at the, the largest school in the, in the state at, at Valley, they're going to find you. So I, yes, it has impacted oh, high school. Even with huddle, there's still misses. There's yeah. kids are developmentally delayed. You, you got the, you've got the big, huge kid that no hair on his legs and he goes to a smaller school and then all of a sudden boom matures and gets strong, this or this, could he go play somewhere? I mean, there's always going to be the misses, but I, I agree with trickle down. I agree that I don't, um, what I worry about is are people selling the wrong things? Cause oh, sure. For sure. They are because they want money playing, playing for playing for the flag. And I'm not, you know, it's nice to play for the American flag if you can, but I mean, you know, for Norwalk, playing yep. for your colors. I don't know what's, I don't know what's better than that, but you're talking to the wrong person, you know, because I drink the Kool-Aid and I, I struggle to understand why people you drink think it, you that, mix it, you make it. <laughs> why, why drink it? Why drink it someplace else? <laughs> I agree. Um, do you see any changes coming to the portal college and high school? Yeah, I, I, I wish I was a good prophet, but yes, I think there are changes. Somehow I think there'll be some appropriate limitations. And I don't know what those are, though. I mean, I... They just, don't know what they are yet. I don't think so. <laughs> and I think, like we talked before, I think there's going to be limitations because the portal teamed with NIL are going to change college football immensely. When you have Saban, the best college football coach in history, sitting there talking about, I'm really worried about how to do this. All that means to me, and I read this in a tweet somewhere, not that I said it, is that he already knows how to weaponize this and make himself even better. Um, and that's... little side note, um, they, win, they win another national championship if they're healthy, by the way. Yeah, but... Okay, so we play in another state final if we're healthy. I also agree with that. That's football. We might play in two state finals if if I guess. Are. But my point to that is is that no one should feel anything for Alabama when it comes to the transfer portal or the NIL. He's going to be just fine. Yes, I I don't think he's. I don't think he's lamenting the NIL. I think he's I. At times, so for a long time, I've been like, oh, Saban, he drives me crazy. Kind of like Belichick just drives me crazy. But now I'm listening to him talk, and he says all these very good things about his players and always about the process. And I'm like, yeah. And when I, when I read what he said, and I wish I could quote it, um, I think he was sending a message to everybody. Do you really want to put this tool in my hands? Because I already pretty much own this thing. Yeah. You know, right. yes, I lost to Georgia. If I had my two receivers, if I had one of my two receivers, correct, correct, we'd probably win that again. So I, so I think because of that, there will eventually be changes, but maybe not because as long as ESPN keeps paying out huge money for playoffs and things like that, then that'll rule today. I, I, at some point in time, there's going to have to be something that comes out, and and again. I'm going to come back to it one more time. If if we're going to continue to call them student athletes, at some point in time, credits and a path to graduate has to be there. And if you're constantly putting your name in the in the transfer portal, how are you getting credits? How are you putting yourself in a position to to gain a diploma? Just because you're in the portal doesn't mean it's you're not. You're not getting your credits. You could be passing everything. You're just not happy. But there isn't a there isn't an academic piece to the portal, from what I understand. You can just put your name in the portal. At some point in time, I think an academic piece is going to have to join the portal. That's where I say my I think if I was being a prophet, that would be the place where I would say there's going to be a change is the academic side of the and so maybe right now, one of the limits we'll see is once the COVID year is gone, you can't bounce around as much in the portal and still get your degree. 
Okay. And, and maybe that will be, maybe that will happen. Because you can't go from, you can go, you can go to, to Wisconsin for two years and then say, all right, now I'm going and still get your four-year degree. But if you go to Wisconsin for three years and then say, I'm going to X, lots of times they say, well, you, you still have to finish these credits in our right. institution. But when you get six years, you, you get more time to get that done. So maybe that will change some things too. Okay. And, and that and very well could be. I just think that the academic piece, if we're going to continue to call them student athletes, then we've got to have something in there that, that helps them get a degree. Um, you got final thoughts? Final thoughts on this? No, I think we probably could do part two in six months if we'll know more. <laughs> Very true. Maybe we might even be able to do it in three weeks, depending on when the uh, NCAA gets together and talks about football. Yes. Um, I, it, for me, the, the whole transfer portal thing, what, what, you know, Jack Cohn, he was, he was a badger and now he, he had great success at Notre Dame. You know, you look at one of the greatest quarterbacks in all of all of Wisconsin history is is a transfer portal guy. But that was back in the day when you had to be a graduate to do it in Russell Wilson. So those things hit close to home, um, you know, from a fan standpoint. And, and it's just it's intriguing to start to look at how all of that is impacting all levels. And then you start to see that trickle down of, of what high school kids are thinking and, um, you know, some recent activity for us has had spurred this, you know, and, and, and put it on our radar. So that's why we had the, had the topic. So if you've got any thoughts to the transfer portal, and again, we, we spent an awful lot of time on football transfer portals open for everything. So yeah. if anybody else is, you know, and I know Jake follows wrestling really close. I don't, I don't know if um, anybody else that listens has got a different sport that they they've got thoughts on it or, or thoughts in general about it, but let us know what you think. Um, Tracy Davis is our history. Um, he, he's the 12th participant in the Shrine Bowl for Norwalk. He has, he has been extended a, an invitation to play, and he's accepted that invitation. Um, he is the 12th. And, and here are some interesting things for you when it comes to the Shrine Bowl. And I know we've talked about it before. But prior to 2009, so the inception of, of football in 1960, uh, we had two players, Doug King in 1989, and then Chet Fisher in 1993 were it. And then Dave uh, Minert, Coach Minert, was, a, was an assistant coach with when Doug King played in 1989. And so, so Dave, Coach Minert, was, a, was an assistant in 1989. So since 2009, we have had 10 players participate in the, in the Iowa Shrine Bowl. Um, and and I, I think that's significant. And what I would love to tell you is that uh, the the – influence of knowing people doesn't have an impact on that but but it does um, but it's still really proud of of the number of players that we've had in the shrine bowl you know since 1989 um, we've had 12 and, and especially since 2009 when we've had 10 um, and and tracy being number 12 this year for the 2022 shrine bowl which also happens to be the the 50th anniversary so i just think that's a that's a really um, significant piece when it comes to, to all that stuff. Um, so did you have anything to, to follow no, up? I, was, I, had, I, was all up. I don't know where she went. So I had, to leave, I had to leave for a second. I was just talking about the Shrine Bowl and how, how exciting it is for us to have had 10 since 2009 um, play in, in the Shrine Bowl. And I said, I wish it didn't have um, something to do with, you know, the, the, maybe the relationships and, and where you're at um, from a, a coaching standpoint, but it does have some impact on it. Did you list all the um, MVPs and captains? No, no, I just, I, I, I just listed the two from 89 and 93 and then said we had 10 since 2009. Uh, I didn't list all the individuals. But. Well, at some point you should let everybody know. I think we've had two different MVPs, maybe three now and one captain. Uh, we've had two captains, Sam and, and uh, Brady were both captains the the years that they played so um that's that's, that's good that. stuff yeah yeah i agree wholeheartedly um i i so the positive this time is again you know last week my positive was 
all the coworkers that had to cover for everybody else. You know, we, we, we've got people that are gone for various reasons and then somebody has got to fill in for somebody else and, and cover, you know, and I think Kathy's worked double shifts covering for Dan, I don't know how many days in a row and, and, and getting all that done. My, my, my positive this time around is I think it's also very important for us to highlight how resilient our kids are. They, they've got a lot of, lot of substitutes in their life right now and, and still being able to figure out a way to get things done. And I think that's huge for us. And I think we've got a lot of great kids um, and, and, you know, like, and I'll talk in our room, you know, last week we, we had a guy who was gone all week because of, of various reasons and our kids didn't skip a beat. You know, they, they were, they were there doing the same thing that they would have normally done if, if he had been there. And, and I just think it's really good for our kids the way that they are and, and the way that they are uh, making it through all the different changes and bumps and hiccups that they've got on the road. So our kids, I think are our positive. That's a good one. Let's hope for, I think it's two, three more weeks. We've got to kind of get through this surge and then hopefully late January, right? Yeah. And they say late oh, January. I think so. Spike. Yeah. Which is yeah, why Drake, Drake to online as yeah. they come back from the semester, first two weeks, right. Of, of the semester for Drake, which puts them into February. Um, so I thought that that was, that was pretty good. So the end of the day, oil change, what do you got? Let us know. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, on the Papa burger and the transfer portal? And then again, you know, I'll remind you if, if you've got any show ideas, you know, we've got a few things that are left in the, in the works um, that we'll talk about, but if you've got anything like, like just came up tonight, who should join the little Hawkeye conference? I thought that was a really good one. I don't know what we'll call it, um, but it was, it was really good. So um, if you got anything for us, give us some feedback, let us know. And right now, you know, we've, we've hit two Wednesdays in a row. That's pretty significant for us um, getting this done and getting it out. So today is uh, January 12th, 2022. Um, again, this was episode 71, Fansville of Talking the Walk. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you coming on and joining me. I am Paul Patterson signing off. Tom Scallon, have a good night. Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show.